Greeks. What the Christian interpretation of this verse is, but since we can't actually talk to Paul and we don't even have his original letter, we can't possibly know what Paul intended to say. <laughs> well, then why'd you claim that he was saying he could be Christ? You just refuted yourself right there. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, Paul say we could be like Christ. Someone pushed back. Well, we actually don't have his writing, so therefore we can't even know what he says at all. <laughs> you just refuted yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just scratching the surface on all this stuff. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I actually don't know anything I'm talking about, but, you know, I, this is just kind of my basic Google research. <laughs> It's kind of hilarious. And I'm just now learning. I could be wrong about a lot of this stuff. Yes, you are wrong. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes, Christy, you are wrong about everything you just presented or majority of the things you presented. Um, <laughs> but I think it's funny, funny how you present these all, all these things as de facto only to come around in the end of the 20 seconds of video, this video left. You say, well, actually, I could be wrong about all these things I just said. All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology where I'm your host, K-Dub. And today I want to respond to some TikTok theology. But before we do that, Make sure if you're watching this video, you give it a like. If you're not subscribed to the channel, why don't you subscribe? If you like the stuff you see today, I'm sure you'll enjoy other videos that I put out and content. And always hit the uh, notification bell to, to just be aware of the episodes that I dropped. Guys, be patient with me. I am a little under the weather. <clears throat> you might be able to hear it. I got the Barry White voice going on. <laughs> I'm stuttering all over my words. Be patient with me. But... As I told you guys a few videos ago, as I was covering some TikTok theology, uh, I told you I was, I was going to blind react to some videos, and that's what I want to do. So let's get right into it. Uh, hold on, let me pull up the screen here. Let's get right into it, guys. I told you I was going to do this, and I am a man of my words. <laughs> like I said, I have not watched any of these videos, um, but I... I, I I scrolled to one that looked interesting, and so I I wanted to see what she says here. Uh, if you haven't watched the last video I did, you can go to my YouTube channel. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what was the? Oh yeah, I put shock TikTok. It's just a few videos ago, so check that out. <clears throat> I wanted to do this one with uh, objective morality because I was like, okay, this sounds interesting. It sounds right up my alley. And so let's play this one. I find it fascinating when. So let me read the comment she's responding to. A gentleman named Joel Cruz 312. And he sounds like a presuppositionalist. <laughs> I love it. He says, what Stardust does to other Stardust is morally irrelevant. That's your position. Logical conclusion. Stick to it. And I believe he's absolutely right. Since she has abandoned an objective uh, epistemology, uh, objective morality. He, he's right. She's atheistic. What? And well, before I <laughs> let me uh, hear her before I start responding to her, I don't know what she's going to say. So let's get it. And Christians come to my comments and tell me that because I am an atheist and I don't subscribe to their particular flavor of God, that I have no basis for my morality. That since I lack a belief in God, my only logical conclusion is that morality is irrelevant. 
And first of all, doing something just because a god says it's right and not because it is the right hold, thing. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. Before you start attacking, I would like an answer to that uh, question, you know, to, to his point. What is your basis for morality? And, and is it an objective? Are there moral oughts? And how do you know that? So things to consider. You know, I'm not, I don't know Christy Burke. I don't know her theological training and her training. Um, I, I don't know if she's thought of a lot of these things, but, you know, some things to consider if she has it. Thing to do is not morality. It is obedience. And you cannot claim. I don't even know what she means by that. You don't do the right thing for morality before obedience. That doesn't even make any sense. Don't you obey that which is moral? And, and who's this lawgiver? O obey who? Obey what? I mean, it's so, so many questions that arise just from that statement alone. An objective morality with a God whose morality changes. When one minute the God is saying, stone your disobedient children, and then the next minute he's saying, no, don't do that. That's wrong. That is uh, context, context. But, but again, she hasn't even asked, answered the question. What she's done is flip the uh, the honus onto the Christian. Um, she hasn't asked, answered his 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 point. And and actually, I, I would argue even he's even she's even proven Joel Cruz's point. You know, the comment that we're talking about. He hasn't even answered the question of how she knows what is moral or uh, why uh, stardust does to another stardust is actually, as he says, morally irrelevant. Is literally the opposite of objective morality. And if his morality just changes on a whim and you change your morality based on that, that is also not morality. Again, it is subjective based on whatever God decides for that specific period of time for humanity. And secondly, just because I don't believe in God doesn't mean I can't be moral and I can't work within a moral system. What is morality without God? Who determines it? Why is that moral? Does it change? <laughs> you see how you're back to square one and everything you just uh, accuse God of doing come right back to you and you would be guilty of. Kind of ironic. Because humanity's morality is evolving. Just <laughs> oh, so it changes. <laughs> so we just go to the whim of humanity. You, you see how everything she just said was just... <laughs> it just contradicted her, 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 her essential points. I would argue God's morality does not change. She's she's failing to understand the nature of uh, the theocratic nation of Israel in that uh, time period. But nevertheless, she made that essential argument, and here she is admitting uh, the, I, I just I, the irony. Just like humanity is, and just like your biblical God is, because once your no you know, morality is changing, just like human humanity is. Okay, Christy, how do you know? The morality that you ascribe to, in a hundred years, something more moral won't be, and it will be you will be condemned, right? You will be following the wrong moral code. How do you, how do you know that you're not actually doing things that are immoral? If morality is just this progression, and how do you know when you will get there? How do, how do we know we'll get at a objective moral code finally? You know, from your her perspective, millions of years we're still progressing things to consider <laughs>
biblical God found it very moral to do very barbaric things. And now suddenly we don't do those anymore. And for me, I don't do things because a God wants me to. I do things because I feel they are the right thing to do for the benefit of me and those around. Yeah, you're selfish. Okay, we get it. But again, how do you know they're actually moral? I, I get you do things because you, you uh, they benefit you, but so does a thief. He steals because they be, it benefits him. You know, you can go to all immoral actions where the immoral person is being benefited. The liar, he, he, he lies because, hey, it benefits him. But how is you being benefited by some action, meaning it's moral? Things to consider. <laughs> That's going to be my line in this video. <laughs> Things to consider. Around me. I do good deeds because... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Good. Hold on. You, you, you need to ground <laughs> that uh, standard. How do you know it's good, Christy? See, I knew this video was going to be good because it's going to get to... Uh, a lot of probably presuppositional videos that she does later or things she does later. What is good, Christy? How do you know it? You haven't actually uh, grounded that. And you're actually at a subjective uh, morality. Which, <laughs> I don't know, Joel, but hey, God bless you, man. If you, I hope he sees this video. <laughs> I have empathy. And I... Okay. So what? I have... Empathy. So what? What? How does empathy mean? How does feeling for someone make something moral? I, I don't. You haven't grounded it. You you're just exerting all these things you do that you assume are good. You haven't you haven't grounded it. I believe in overall well being. I according to whom? Hitler standard. <laughs> Hitler thought it was a good thing to uh, eradicate. Uh, certain ethnic groups. He thought that was a good well-being for society. Was he right or wrong? According to whose standard? Your standard? How does your standard trump another human being's standard? Remember, progressive, you actually don't know. You, We could actually be progressing <laughs> from her worldview to understand that uh, evil actions we thought were wrong were actually right all along. From her worldview standard, obviously, I, I find it disgusting. But she actually wouldn't have any argument against it, I would, I would argue. I know that if others are well, that I'm probably going to be well, too. And I have to cultivate a society where all of us are doing pretty good so that... Good. <laughs> Having granted things to consider. <laughs> um, I can do pretty good. That's just common sense. I so your morality is just following the crowd. I mean, it's, hey, everybody else is doing this thing they call good I, I i guess i'll go along with them all right i don't need a god to tell me that i don't need a god to tell me not to murder because i murder as many people as i want to which is zero you don't need a god for morality and in fact secular humanism is a lot more moral because it's not based on obedience it's based on what is right for all <laughs> okay i'm just gonna let that stand on its own <laughs> all right let's see what else Let's see what. Oh, this one looks interesting. Being a Christian is too dang hard. No, I don't. I don't want to watch. I'll, I'll watch this. Why we left the church? I'll watch that. But that looks more. There is a great misconception about former Christians who are now within the deconstruction community, and that's that the other Christians scared us away. And although I think comments like this are well intentioned, and I appreciate them, 
But I think when you say things like this, it invalidates the real reasons that so many of us left. And if you ask pretty much anyone within the deconstruction community, you'll find out pretty quickly that it really wasn't the people that made them leave. I'm actually glad to hear her say this, so I'll let her continue. Although that might be a catalyst, uh, many of us tried to stay Christians even after we left the mean people behind. Personally, I... So many mean Christians. I mean, all right, go ahead. I suffered a lot of religious and spiritual abuse. And I stayed a Christian for several years after that, even while I didn't attend a church. It was because of... You can see the problem there. <laughs> uh, I say this all the time to many... There are many people who profess to be Christian who kind of have this ideology of, you know, I can just be a Christian apart from the church. That's actually very dangerous. Maybe I should do a video on the importance of the local church. Uh, let me know, guys, know if you'd like to see a video of why I think it's important to be in the local church. And it's it's many instances like this. I, I, I am a firm believer that once a person abandons the local church, apostasy is literally straight down that path. But I'll let her continue. Because of my freedom of thought that I was allowed to think and look outside of my own little bubble where I could use my logic my reasoning skills. Um, logic, reasoning. Um, please ground that objection objectively, please. I mean, she, she uh, we see this, <laughs> things to consider. <laughs> I forgot my line. <laughs> um, she makes a lot of these assertions without grounding them. I get it, you know, it's TikTok. You know, you're not supposed to be very in-depth. <laughs> I get it. That's why, you know, I don't have a TikTok, I guess. I don't know my critical thinking skills. I could learn about history and science and archaeology. Oh, and Christians, you know, we, we, we haven't been doing any of that for thousands of years. You know, I mean, we just been, we just sit in our bubbles and tell you just to believe in God, you know, apart from history and science and archaeology. We, you know, we don't do any of those things. <laughs> just this kind of, just, just arrogance, man. The arrogance. Be not under... Uh, or not through a Christian lens. And I found out that everything I had been taught was pretty much a lie and contradictory to the reality that we are all experiencing. And it is because of my intellect and my empathy. I want to let you guys know that there are a lot of people who make claims of the, the reasons why they leave are intellectual. Oh, I left the Christian faith because it, it didn't satisfy me intellectually. And then they go to something like atheism. I find it very strange. Um, atheism doesn't give you answers for um, intellectual, your intellectual curiosity or reasonings for that. It just atheism is just a convenient way to say, "Hey, look, I dismiss these things. There's no God, and I, I don't want to be a Christian anymore." That I mean, come on. I mean, let's be real. I expect atheists who are just like that. Like, look, I don't care for it. I just want to be a non-Christian. All right, yeah. That's the best you have for atheism. And my perseverance and my courage that I was able to leave the church behind. She hasn't actually left uh, her Christian uh, influence. If you see things like empathy and, uh, re you know, reason intellect and, uh, you know, <laughs> courage. These are Christian values. These aren't things in atheism that uh, can be grounded. And that's the reason that many of us were able to leave the church behind. And when you 
All right, yeah, yeah, okay. Let's see what else. Let's see what's new. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, so... <laughs> so, uh, you guys remember I responded to her saying that Paul was a false prophet. Well, um, here she is. I guess someone... I guess she's responding to some uh, videos of someone arguing. Let, let's, let's get into that. Let's get into that. That if Christians spend more time studying the words of Jesus. So I've had a lot of content creators uh, push back on my thoughts on Paul, and they all kind of share the same information. Um, I was going to leave it alone, but, you know, I thought that I would respond because that's only fair. One of contention that she brings up is that Jesus said, take up your own cross and follow me. Meanwhile, St. Paul is apparently saying that you will uh, suffer in the same manner as Jesus and that you will become Christ. Now, let me just say, that's not what St. Paul is saying at all. So the verse we're talking about here is Galatians 2.20, where it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I loved this verse as a Christian. I absolutely know. And I'm not going to do it here, but I I've, I provided a full response to this um, on that video I referred to earlier in this video, demonstrating that this wasn't Paul's point as well. Uh just reading into the text. What the Christian interpretation of this verse is, but since we can't actually talk to Paul and we don't even have his original letter, we can't possibly know what Paul intended to say. <laughs> well, then why'd you claim that he was saying he could be Christ? You just refuted yourself right there. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, Paul say we could be like Christ. Someone pushed back. Well, we actually don't have his writing, so therefore we can't even know what he says at all. <laughs> You just refuted yourself. <laughs> uh, and if you can't know what a a dead writer, I, would she say this about any person who's died? We can't ask them what they meant here. Therefore, it, it kind of makes their writings useless once they die. You know, <laughs> interesting. We can only interpret the words and uh, decide for ourselves what they mean to say. When Christy Burt goes on, Will we actually be able to interpret these videos, her writings, or do they have a clear meaning and we should interpret you in light of what you said? I go with the latter. And I think it's only the most honest thing we can do to say this is how we interpret it, um, but not necessarily that this is exactly what was intended by the author. <laughs> it sounded like you were saying in the original video that. Paul's intention was that he was claiming that he was Christ. <laughs> it did sound like a, it sounded like you no, know, you were saying objectively. I, I think it's funny now she's <laughs> she's walk she's trying to walk it back. Christians have an entire field of study based on how to interpret words of the Bible, and they don't always get it right. In fact, there's no way to know if they got it right because interpretation is subjective. It okay. So this is meaningless. So, <laughs> again, you refute yourself. If there's no way to know if we got it right, then even that is subjective, and you can't actually know that. Things to consider. <laughs> Things to think about. Uh, <laughs> man, this is killing me. But, um, this, this, like I said, this is self-refuting. It's, it's self-refuting in itself. Let's, let's, let's see what else we got. Um, I kind of like term objective morality uh let's let's see if she has anything like that again uh man tiktok tiktok theology is uh very interesting i wish i wish 
see, I don't have TikTok, so maybe you could do this if you were logged in. Um, but I wish you could like filter this by the most views. But I don't think you can do that. Right now, I'll see. So maybe I'll look at this one in a second. Um, she says the Bible's not infallible. Maybe I'll look into that in a second. Um, that has 35,000 views. Oh, 93,000. Yeah, okay, that. Um, 179,000 views, uh, which I already viewed. Um, let's see. God, uh, surprise, God condones murder. I, how much you want to bet if I was to watch that video? Uh, <laughs> It would be conflating the distinction between killing and murder. And so I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say that's what it was. Uh, what did I just see? Okay, the, I, I'm interested in the problem of evil. You know, let's, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's look at that. The what ignited your deconstruction? Realizing that perfect mercy, perfect justice, omnipotence, omniscience, and benevolence could not harmoniously and logically exist in one being. I don't know if she'll answer this, but my question to her is why not? Why not? What ignited your deconstruction? Oh, she she literally Real doesn't. <laughs> this 15 second video. <laughs> she, so we've already discussed. Uh. Wow, I, I really... What ignited <laughs> your deconstruction? We exist in yeah, one... I, I thought there was going to be more to that. I didn't think it was going to be <laughs> just an assertion. <laughs> oh, wow. That was interesting. Okay, well, how about this? Let's see how long I've been going for. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, 20 minutes. Oh, not, not bad, not bad. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Where is the... Oh, the Bible's not infallible. Here, let me go to the part two. Yeah. Oh no, no. Let's let's listen to part one and two. Let's let's see. One of the greatest kept this, secrets. This, this will probably be the the last one I do, but let's see. Sometimes oh, I think about the fact that. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on. One of the greatest kept secrets within modern church walls is how the Bible was formed and produced in early Christian times. <laughs> I'm going to go out a limb. All right, guys, and bet you the Council of Nicaea gets mentioned. I, I, like I said. I, I haven't watched you guys know I'm blind reacting remember I'm blind reacting I, let's see because someone's asking can you tell me where the bible came from and who wrote the gospels I'm looking for accurate information and sources anywhere I can find them thanks <laughs> oh uh let me give you because I don't know what she's going to say let me give you a good uh if you want a full treatise uh an objectable historian on this issues I would check out canon revisited by Dr. Michael Kruger um that book is very helpful on this subject, and we'll see what she has to say, okay? And most Christians believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God, um, but I think they believe that because they don't actually know how it came to be. The Bible didn't just show up on day one after Jesus' followers ran home and wrote down everything they saw and started sending it out to the masses. And in fact, most of the books of the New Testament were written decades after the death of Jesus. It's super important to remember that anytime you're reading a Bible, you are not reading a translation of an original manuscript. You are reading a translation of a copy made of a copy made of a copy made of a copy made of a copy. <laughs> this is the classic uh, Bart Ehrman um, argument, which is it, it's it's to uh, it's to sensationalize something 
that what we have is at best is the telephone game um you know argument but we we yes we she's right in the sense that we don't have the original manuscripts but we have the copies of those original manuscripts not she's making it seem like <laughs> you know because those uh th that's why i say read canon revisit if you want a full treatise on this because it's not as she articulates that what we have is the copies of the copies of the copies of the copies and copies that's what was actually copied by the churches that that's not what happened but i, I want to hear further sometimes oh, i man. think about the fact that i've gotten a lot of I one of the greatest kept secrets within a translation of a copy made of a copy made of a copy made of and these copies were made mostly by amateur christian scribes who had no training in professional copying they were um you you have both but so what what i mean <laughs> so even with that it's it's amazing the uh you know God's it really just shows God's uh God's God's uh persevering these things, preserving these things more use better accurate language in those in the copyings. Because if you you gather up the 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 uh um all you know the copies, the manuscripts of what we have, it, they're very similar. We, you you don't read things like, well, Jesus died on the cross and on one manuscript and then another another manuscript like well jesus didn't die nor did he raise from the, you know it, it's not that vast and the various uh manuscript differences are really just mo most of them are very minor even bart Emmer will admit that so <laughs> I, come on christy you, you have to be fair members of the Christian communities that happened to be literate and had time on their hands and could make these copies. But get this, a lot of scribes in those days were considered literate only because they could read and write their name. At that time, mass literacy was not a thing. Only about less than 5% of the population was actually literate and accounted. Here's, here's, so yes, there was a lot of illiteracy. But funny enough, from the Jews and the Christians, um, probably have the highest number of literate people. Why? Because of things like this. Reading the Tanakh, reading the Old Testament was very high in Jewish uh, communities. And then in Christian circles, obviously, Christian communities, reading the Bible was of a high value. And so that there's a difference there. So, yeah. And among those were people who could just read and write their name. So you have scribes who are amateurs who are copying shapes and lines that they don't actually understand, which leaves a lot of room for mistakes. And since we don't have the originals to compare it to, we only have the copies to reference when creating our modern Bibles. There are more variations of copies of the New Testament by ancient scribes than there are words in the New Testament. Now, this can sound intimidating if you don't know anything about textual criticism, textual manuscript history. You can be like, wow, there's, wow, there's, you know, different, more differences than there are, uh, you know, let me, let me see how she phrased this again. Let me, let me go back. Let's see. Variations of copies of the New Testament by ancient scribes than there are words in the New Testament. Yeah, so there's more variations than there are even words. Wow, that's whoa 
<laughs> but before you go and apostasize, let me tell you what something she does not say. That those variations includes things like duplicated uh, um, words, misspellings, um, you know, deletions uh, by accident. Uh, you know, all these things make up what they're called variations and variants that we have. And so when you get down to the to the number of uh, what what uh, scholars call, uh, you know, or that are. Let's see, how, how do I how, how, how do I how would I put this actual. Actual variants that actually matter, there's it's like 90 99 percent. OK, irrelevant. 95 let's let's go low 95 percent irrelevant like most of them are okay look this guy clearly misspelled this uh oh a duplicated word okay but does she know that i'm not sure i don't know but she'd tell you no <laughs> the more you know hashtag <laughs> i just kind of think that's funny she has that <laughs> yes the more you do know yes things to consider <laughs> We actually have no idea how many variations of the copies there are because nobody has ever been able to count them. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> we, we, wait a minute. Then how did you know, <laughs> then how do you know uh, what you just said earlier, that there are more variations than there are words in the New Testament? <laughs> she she usually refutes herself right in the next sentence. If you guys want to talk about this some more, I'll make some more videos. Um, but if you are interested in reading the book that I'm reading, it's called Misquoting Jesus by Bart Ehrman. <laughs> how, did, how, <coughs> how did I know this was a Bart Ehrman ass? Funny enough, Bart Ehrman will say a lot of these things, but he'll actually give you the full. But I, I find that Bart Ehrman, Ehrman followers are a lot more... Um, <laughs> How did I know this is a Bart Ehrman-esque? Um, followers of Bart Ehrman are a lot more unhinged than he is. Um, because he'll he'll say things like this, but then he'll actually like give a fuller, oh yeah, you know, the many of the variants are 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 nothing, you know, they're not, you know, viable. I, I think that's the term that is used. And so, yeah, so <laughs> I knew I knew I knew it had to do with that. No. The apostles did all right let's see um the more you know part two so someone writes the gospels were written by the apostles and we have manuscripts from the late first century um <laughs> so let's uh so she starts off no no i'm guessing no to all this let's let's see what she has to say did not write the gospels they so we the apostles did not write the gospels is what she's saying so all those arguments about Paul, I guess you could just throw them aside because it actually wasn't him that wrote these. Whew. Paul is off the hook now. All right. <laughs> this is a lie perpetuated by church tradition, not by historical fact. First of all, none of the authors name themselves in the Gospels. They are all anonymous. The only Oh, sorry. She's uh she's talking about the Gospels. Uh so not the uh okay. I I'll I'll take that back. So yeah reason we have attributed Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to them is because the church has attributed Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to them. Um, that is not a historical fact. It is church tradition. Luke and Mark. Um, John mentioned his name. Uh, Luke literally mentioned his name. So I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. 
were actually not apostles. And I've only recently learned this as someone who was a Christian for most of my life and now deconstructed, deconverted for 10 years. Uh, Luke was a follower of Jesus's, but he was not a direct apostle. He was an evangelist and he knew Paul, not Jesus. And by the way, the trick. <laughs> he knew Jesus. I mean, I, that, that's just a silly statement to make. But anyways, and by the way, these video videos are supposed to, to prove that the Bible is not infallible. I mean, so far, it just proves you don't like the apostles or you don't like um, textual variants. I mean, but yeah church loves to say that the gospels are eyewitness accounts but luke specifically excludes himself from the eyewitnesses in the very first chapter of his book actually yes he's he didn't witness these things but he talked to those who did witness so it's not a, he, he would be a uh he would be a primary source in that sense that he he gathered his information from primary sources from from i believe uh, the number he mentions is over 500 people who who witness the resurrected christ so I, you, you have your information wrong there. We have no original manuscripts of any of the Gospels. We have absolutely no idea what the originals stated. See, those, those are actually two different statements. Saying we don't have the original manuscripts is one thing. Saying we have no idea what it said is another thing. And funny enough, Bart Ehrman doesn't even agree. I remember uh, Bart Ehrman going on this uh, podcast, this popular po atheist podcast. and They were kind of addressing this point here, you know, um, you know, what do you think the Bible originally said? You know, we don't have none of the manuscripts. Uh, what do you, Bart, what do you, what do you think the Bible originally said? And Bart looked at him, cut. I mean, he just, it was a voice, but he just kind of paused and was just like, about a guy named Jesus who died and rose from the dead. <laughs> you not having the original manuscripts does not mean you cannot correlate, uh, uh, what the, what the original uh, text says because if this is the case we have no idea what any writing prior to the printing press has actually said um, and some would even argue into the photocopying to the photocopier was made um, if we're going to use her standard of interpretation uh, so guess what uh, or Aristotle uh, any other philosopher she she may likes <laughs> uh, any ancient writing that she may have read that she likes, guess what? Have no idea what it originally said. If you're going to be consistent. We do not have them. We only have copies that were made from copies that were made from copies. So we know what the scribes copied down, but we have no idea what the original authors stated. Here's, here's, how, um, here's how we do know what the Bible originally said, because the Bible, once it was copied, it didn't stay in a vault. Now, if this was a, if this is actually a problem with Islam, they actually, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to address her point. The Bible, once it was copied, was spread out to uh, multiple regions, multiple churches. It, it didn't just stay in a vault hidden. And then we lost the original. And then we're like, well, what did it? That's so it, it would be very hard because if you were having to manipulate those things, what you would have to do is gather up all the manuscripts that were spread out, which would, would be impossible to do, especially in that time when it, you couldn't just get in your tesla and go you know it, it take days years to get places months years to travel uh what we can do in literally a week and so to to say to say something like this is just 
incredibly irresponsible. Um, I, I get how it's sensationalized. It's popular in atheist communities to make things like this. We actually don't we, we, we don't know what the Bible originally said. No, we do. Because once you gather up those manuscripts, manuscripts that, uh, you know, from from different uh, regions, Alexandria, things like that. You can see, wow, okay, wow, these are very similar, even though they don't come from the same area. How is that possible if, you know, if it doesn't come from, or the, the, it doesn't come from the original manuscript, if, or, or if it differed completely, as she wants to lead people to think. So, very interesting. Like I said, I, I definitely recommend uh, Michael Kruger's work, um, Canon Revisit. It, it, it gets into a lot of these historical issues and stuff like that. The manuscripts we have are still copies written by mostly amateur and sometimes illiterate scribes. How does an illiterate scribe write a manuscript? He copies the shapes and lines. That easy. Well, it wasn't that easy, actually, because they made a lot of mistakes and a lot of changes happened over time, which we'll talk about another time. <laughs> by changes, she wants you to she, she wants you to make she wants to make it seem like these uh, these changes are uh, what's better known as variants or something completely different than the next manuscript. As I, as I've stated before, um, these variants, or she calls them, uh, changes, or some people call them corruptions are things like deletions, duplications. And what scribes would often do is if they had a difference in a in variation, they would typically add more to keep that line of a uh, difference into the text rather than deleting. So, so, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I just find this incredibly dishonest, though. Things to consider. <laughs> Only two of the Gospels are attributed to actual apostles, Matthew and John. Yet neither of them have their names on them. And these uh, originals were actually written decades after Jesus' death. Why is it the apostles waited so long to write these things down if they were the, the true authors? And how so what? Like, you, there are people who literally write biographies at the end of their life. <laughs> like, talk about their childhood. Why did they wait their whole life to write about their childhood if it was actually them who wrote the book? Hmm? hmm? <laughs> this, it's not, it's not a good argument. So what? How are you going to trust that someone remembers exactly how events happened 20, 30 years after it happened? Here's how. Because these things were literally talked about every day. The assumption is they happen and they just kind of live their life. And hey, you remember that one time Jesus rose from the dead? I mean, yeah, we should we should write a book about that. <laughs> like, as if it happened like that. Well, what else did he? Hey, remember that one time he turned water to wine? Yeah, man, that was great. Wait, was it water or was it was it grape juice or was it? You know what? I think it was water. What y'all? You know, like <laughs> these these events were discussed daily, talked about all the time. She wants to make it seem like, this. oh man, oh man. How are you going to trust their memory? I really wouldn't. So even if the apostles actually did write these original manuscripts of the Gospels, um, I'm still not trusting their memory because they're writing from memory. As they were talked about daily. I'm, I'm, I'm very positive of that. If something, <laughs> you know, if you live through these events, you would too. 
about events that happened decades prior. Also, it's important to know that early Christians came from、um, uneducated, lower-class groups. So the constant theme of this is that Christians in the early days are stupid. They're they're too intelligent to to bring forth what the Bible says. <laughs> okay, I get your insulting, but that actually shows how miraculous the Bible is. That these stupid people could actually bring forth、uh, <laughs> copying these、uh, copying the Bible, and so. I, I get you're trying to insult, but it it really just shows like wow, like how were these stupid people, uneducated, able people able to do all this? They were not rich and powerful people, and most of Jesus's apostles were illiterate fishermen who spoke Aramaic, by the way, not Greek. Wait, well, no, yes, Greek as well. Um, they how do you, how do you think they were communicating to? So they spoke. They lived in the Roman <laughs> Empire、uh, society, which spoke Greek literally. But you're, you're saying they they had no idea. So they were going out evangelizing them. Had no idea about the language. Just oh boy, <laughs> interesting. Even though the Gospels were written in Greek, how does an illiterate fisherman? Maybe your presupposition is wrong. Hmm, things to consider. <laughs> Who's completely uneducated? Write a gospel account in a language he doesn't even speak. Here's how we know that the early,、uh, you know, especially with the disciples,、uh, the apostle Paul knew Greek because one, like I said, they're they're evangelizing in in these areas. Paul is literally having debates with uh, Roman, uh, you know, what's the term?、Um, Roman,、uh, you know,、uh, officials. So, are you? I, I, the the I doubt they knew Hebrew. They learned the the、uh, the language of the people, so to speak,、uh, language of of these people they could care nothing about. The 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 easier thing to believe is that no, the Christians knew Greek. No, things to consider. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just scratching the surface on all this stuff. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I actually don't know anything I'm talking about, but you know, I, this is just kind of my basic Google research. <laughs> It's kind of hilarious. And I'm just now learning. I could be wrong about a lot of this stuff. Yes, you are wrong. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yes, Christy, you are wrong about everything you just presented, or majority of the things you presented. Um, but I, I think it's funny, funny how you present these all, all these things as de facto. Only to come around in the end of the twenty seconds of video, this video left, and say, "Well, actually, I could be wrong about all these things I just said." <laughs> Gotta love atheism. Things to consider.、Um, but I've done a lot of research, and this is what I'm finding. I've Google searched a lot, and it is fascinating to learn the Bible is not what we were taught it was in the church. And、the church is intentionally trying to hide the truths、uh, behind how the Bible was formed and who wrote the Bible because they don't want us asking questions. Because、so、once you start asking questions, it all starts to fall apart. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> no, Christians have have never written about this. We've never discussed this. You know, we 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 don't want the people to know. We, there's not books literally written on it, so we we want people to know. <laughs> I mean, I literally have books. Oh. Does she care? Yeah, doesn't seem like it. But hey, Christy, if you would love to come on,、uh, 
the my platform i love to discuss with you somebody send this video to her i would love to discuss with her if she's willing and we can have a a discussion about uh, manuscript history we can have a discussion about morality uh the apostle paul I anything she would like to discuss so if she's willing then i think it'd be a great discussion uh you guys make it happen and we'll do it uh like i said christy would love to discuss with you um these issues but like i said guys that is my blind reacting hope you guys enjoyed it hope it was helpful for you uh hopefully it was encouraging um guys you know how we do it here at all things theology i'm k-dub until the next time grace and peace Everybody, hey.